0: You're listening to Revenge of the Drive-In, the podcast where we watch, discuss, and review two movies randomly selected from a list of over 1,800. This time, our two movies are Viva Las Vegas, the Elvis Presley and Margaret musical comedy, as well as Deathstalker, the American-Argentine-Roger (laughs) Corman-produced sword and sorcery (laughs) epic film. We are brought to you by the grandma sophia's podcast network and i am your host patrick and i am joined here by jim hello everybody hello patrick hello a couple interesting movies to talk about this is our second elvis film this is our first roger corman movie in a while
1: i think this is our first sword and sorcery film that we've covered yes
0: yes it is which is interesting i've got a few things to say about it because i'm think- fascinated by that genre i mean i haven't seen a lot of it but you'd think sword sorcery wizards, you know, some barbarians, some sword fights and you'd think like okay, that's a child-friendly genre. But then you watch not it's not just death stalker. That's the thing if if it were just death stalker it yeah, would make yeah. sense. But these movies have more boobs in them than like anything outside of like a women in prison genre or like, you know, certain kind of exploitation genre. I guess I yeah. guess I'm just surprised. I don't I'm surprised that the low-budget sword and sorcery movies are always as exploitive as they are. That's kind of fascinating to me.
1: Well, you know, I mean, what would you classify something like Game of Thrones as? Because I don't think it's high fantasy. I would classify it more as like a sword and sorcery sort of thing.
0: I, I would say that's high fantasy. It's more in line with Lord of the Rings, I think, than it would be with Deathstalker.
1: I mean, you're probably right. There's just way too many tits and... Well, it's because it's Graphic HBO. Violence. HBO yeah, so. can't
0: do a show without that stuff. Yeah, that's true. They just they just can't. It's not in the cards. Speaking of being in the cards. <laughs> this is our second straight week with a Las Vegas set movie this time. Oh my goodness. I think overall a much more affable e- easier to enjoy film than leaving or not leaving Las Vegas. Excuse me, than fear and loathing in Las Vegas which is interesting and weird. This movie, not so weird. Maybe not even that interesting, but it's pretty enjoyable.
1: Yeah, I hear a lot of people talk about it like it's their favorite Elvis movie. I don't know if I really have one. I mean, I think it's a fine I think movie. This is, but...
0: When you think of an Elvis movie, I think this is one of the two that you are going to think of. I'm talking especially someone who hasn't seen the Elvis movies, right? Mm. They'll still know about Viva Las Vegas. They'll still know about Jailhouse Rock, and that's probably it. The other Mm. ones, you kind of need to be a bit more of a fan, either a a film fan or or just an Elvis fan. And, I mean, I I, I would say this is one of his better movies. I would put it probably in his top three or four. But uh, I I do think King Creole is the best. I know I said that back when we talked about G.I. Blues, but there's a reason
1: yeah and i mean i think viva las vegas is more interesting to look or it's more interesting to look at than to watch if that makes sense you know what i mean like there's so many old classic vegas stuff okay to look at in the movie that and I there's really terry got... gar yeah
0: <laughs> terry gar is an uncredited dancer wikipedia has her listed as showgirl which is not accurate because they do go <laughs> see a number of showgirls performing at these different shows. But Terry Yarr, I spotted her. She's in one of the dancing scenes. She's got like a dancing partner. She's not a showgirl. Oh, so fuck off, Wikipedia. Oh. It's kind of slow dancing. It's when Elvis and Ann-Margaret are dancing together. It's with the, um, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. black band singing, whoever the those f- guys four are. Four
1: Jubilees or something yeah, like that? Yeah, something or like, or like that. Which, which
0: Elvis actually has uncredited backup vocals on that song along he with really? the, along with the Jordanaires which the Jordanaires were Elvis's backing band so interesting but anyways i think one of the reasons why this movie stands out beyond just an Elvis fan and it stands as somewhat of a classic is that this is really the first movie and i would maybe even say the only movie to really pair Elvis with someone of equal or roughly equal star power and that's Anne yeah. Margaret. Yeah, I feel like I mean, say what you will about Elvis as an actor, and we obviously got into that with GI Blues. But Elvis was a star, and he's he's an enjoyable person to watch on screen. Maybe he's not a great actor, but he has a charisma about him, and he has, and he has this likability. And here he's got someone that he plays really well off of, and who plays really well off of him and it's like this traditional classic romantic comedy this is like a will they won't they kind of thing where he's into her and she's rejecting him i mean it's by no means any kind of revolutionary story right but I, it's it's fun to watch those two on screen there's also a bit of a love triangle triangle aspect which probably one of the worst developed parts of the movie i, I don't think the um yeah the rival uh, suitor Who's that Italian guy? I don't think he's really that great.
1: Yeah, and you know, actually, uh, Anne Margaret and Elvis played off each other so well on screen that they played off each other pretty well in the bedroom as well. They had an affair. Okay. And uh, I I El- think
0: generally speaking, I think that these two are so well remembered as co-stars. I think a lot of people would probably think, oh, they probably made a bunch of movies together, right? And, and they mm-hmm. didn't. This is the only one. They almost made another one before before this. There is the movie Bye Bye Birdie, which might be Anne yeah. margarets first movie. I think it was her first big break. I don't know if it was actually her first movie, but it came out in 1963, also directed by George Sidney, just like Viva Las Vegas. It's kind of like um, the whole the plot to that. It, that's a pretty fun movie, but that's um, Ann-Margaret is a high school student, and there's like a rock star who is coming to perform at their high school at like a um, – I think like a Dick Clark kind of um, one of those shows or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so she's like really excited about it and stuff. But, but it's kind of like parodying the rocks, you know, the 50s rock star kind of. There's a little bit of poking fun at it. And apparently, I don't know who got the final role of the rock star, but Elvis really wanted that role. And I believe it was the colonel who told him no 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 you can't do that this movie's making fun of you but (laughs) but Elvis didn't view it that way Elvis just thought it was all in good fun and he thought you know it could be a fun thing for him to do so yeah Bye Bye Birdie also on our list perhaps we'll get to it at some point another film I don't know how many movies Anna Margaret is in that are on our list but Jim you and I just did a commentary track for once upon a time in hollywood -er. when margot robbie enters the cinema there is a trailer showing for a joe namath and margaret movie (laughs) outlaw biker film called cc and company when we were done watching that movie the second i i like looked up what that movie was and i'm like okay it's on our list once i saw it it was outlaw biker kind of thing like okay that's very much the uh, uh, a genre a subgenre kind of a exploitation subgenre that I would like to explore with this podcast. So that's on there. I don't know how many other Anne-Margaret movies. There's a (laughs) lot of Elvis movies on our list, but...
1: Yeah, I mean, I think all of them are on our list, aren't they?
0: No, not all, because some of his movies weren't musicals, and some of those are good, but they're just not really what we're looking for, because he made a few westerns. I know he did Charo. Oh, yeah, okay. And he did another one. I don't remember the name of it. It's actually it might be his best movie actually it's i mean it's well it's not as good as and Girl but it's up there but i think it gets kind of overlooked because it's not a musical but i mean that's also like it's it's a western but the westerns that are on our list are a bit more of the spaghetti variety and of like the action <laughs> Kind of like oh, this variety, <laughs> yeah. It's it, we're not we don't have High Noon on our list, and I think no, I think no. the, the Elvis westerns are it we would don't be have more Shane in line with something like list. that. Oh God, no, not Shane. Probably the most mainstream western that we have on our list would probably be something like. Um, the Wild Bunch, I think, is on there because that's okay, a peck and yeah. paw, like kind of hyper violent thing. The Magnificent Seven might be on there. I don't think it is, though. But there's probably an argument to be made for that to be on our list. The new
1: one or the old one?
0: <laughs> the old one.
1: <laughs> yeah, of course.
0: I never saw the new one. I was actually mildly interested in it. I'm sure it's not great, but like I'm just, I'm just happy when a western comes out. You know, nowadays because there's just so few of them. Yeah, yeah. You know what? There are even fewer of now than westerns elvis movies, movies. Said it. Oh. <laughs> I, I don't know why that is i i just I, I mean this was a a huge genre in the 60s these are successful films and just no one makes them anymore we yeah, need well, more n- elvis movies n- there's really so many ma-
1: impersonators out there i know but nobody also really makes movies like elvis movies you know what i mean like nobody makes yeah. a movie about like, anymore, like a yeah. kind of rom-com musical i think the last one would have been uh whatever one with uh with Ryan Gosling, right? I, and, wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't
0: really, I, I don't even think that's a, I, I would, that's just a romantic musical. To me, there wasn't really comedy in La La Land. I mean, there's comedy, mm-hmm. obviously. So it's always going to be some comedy whenever you're doing a musical, just because there's a certain artifice in um, a movie where people sing. So you're going to have some kind of sense of humor to mm-hmm. go along with that, usually. And I will say, just, you know, as we're talking about musicals, most Elvis musicals, even if they have good soundtracks, even if the songs are good, they they usually don't function that well as musicals, because the whole thing is, not only are they trying to obviously mix in a romantic comedy plot with music, but they have to showcase Elvis as a performer, so he doesn't just sing, he usually sings with a band and he performs, and... I will say I think this movie functions better than most of his um, comedy musicals as, as a musical because I think there's a lot of, a lot of Elvis movies, he's he's trying to be a rock star. He's trying to be a singer. Here, he just happens to sing. It's not really that important, and he, he can yeah. break into song. And, he, yeah, and he, uh, he'll carry a guitar around, but that's not all that important. The point is that he's just singing.
1: Yeah, I do feel like this movie does a really good job at kind of Leading from normal conversation or normal kind of movie plot line into the music. yeah, you know, it, 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 a lot of it feels very natural. like it belongs there, and I think a lot of that too,
0: is that um with this movie, because Anne Margaret is so talented, the songs can function as part of the conversation, too. yes, yeah. they have though they have those duets um the the first big one. The lady loves me, and that's a really fun song. Elvis starts singing it when she's changing clothes, and she mm-hmm. she's doing a rebuttal of like everything he's saying, and it's a very playful scene that ends with her pushing him off the high dive uh, at the in the, in the pool, <laughs> and, and yeah, and yeah, it's great. That's a, the scenes like that are. I think that's what I mean really when I say this movie functions well as a musical film and not just a film where elvis sings in because the song is is part of the story you didn't have that with gi blues you had elvis's kind of music career as part of the story but the songs never mattered the content of the songs never really mattered he just he just sang and that was kind of the deal whereas here it's a little different at least with some of the songs that having been said, other than obviously the opening song, it takes us a while to get to a song. I, I wrote, I think it's like 15 minutes in or something. And overall, I don't think this movie, you know, I think there's a good amount of music in it, but it's just like, it, it took a while. And then the first song, not that it's bad, but it was just kind of like an unexciting, because he's doing the Yellow Rose of Texas uh, Oh, that's right, thing. yeah. And it was just yeah. a weird way to kind of, Introduce the musical aspect of the film because what well, was a weird scene but anyway so let's let's talk a little bit about the plot <laughs> Elvis plays this aspiring race car driver named lucky he works as a mechanic lucky <laughs> yeah because he's in vegas and um yeah, yeah, yeah. this one italian very successful race car driver wants to get lucky to race for him, but he chooses not to do that because he wants to race himself. But at the same time, he can't quite afford the engine that he needs. Then the two men, the Italian guys, Count Elmo, I think was his name, they meet Rusty. Rusty is, of course, Anne Margaret. They don't get her name, though. So after after she leaves, they're, they're both trying to find out who she is, what her name is. And this is where they scour all the showgirls things because i think count elmo said something like like listen looking at her she's she's a showgirl like that's what she is yeah yeah i don't think we really well no i guess I, I was gonna say i don't think we ever really learn what she is no she she is a swim instructor but i think she's also a college student or at least she hangs out at the university of nevada a lot
1: yeah well they also call her the pool manager
0: i believe it's at the flamingo hotel which i have stayed at yeah. It, though, oh, I don't remember oh. I don't remember the pool looking like that. I'm sure it did then. <laughs> so Elvis needs money, but he also needs Anne Margaret. Elmo, also interested <laughs> in Anne Margaret. Elvis eventually finds her at the pool, and that's when we get the, the Lady Loves Me scene. But he gets pushed into the pool. When he's in the pool, he has a wad of cash that he loses, but he doesn't just lose it. Specifically, a child finds it in the pool, picks it up, and then <laughs> stuffs it in like a drain. Yeah, <laughs> it's very odd. I feel like they could have m- written that a little differently. Or, you know, like
1: you know, he's in Vegas. You know, why doesn't he? Lose yeah, he could have just lost the money gambling. You know?
0: but, well, and that's and that's the thing too, because once we kind of get the once the Lucky and Rusty actually have what we could properly say is a relationship. She talks about like, oh you're a gambler, you're a gambler, but but it's never yeah. all that much about him actually gambling. It's but she views his race car driving as that, that she's gam- he's gambling his life and stuff.
1: It's also interesting that for a movie set in Vegas, there's almost no gambling. Actually there's no gambling on screen, I think. It's just like um
0: I think you're right, yeah.
1: It's all it's almost like the movie turned into a uh like a visit las vegas or sir yeah <laughs> yeah like a visit las vegas advert you know what i mean
0: well of course i mean that makes sense because this song has become like an official tourist uh, <laughs> <laughs> i believe i believe i believe this song like has a, a like a i don't know if it's like the official state song or the official city song but this this song has definitely been adopted by the um by the las vegas tourist board but a lot of that too is we have the um, the first date montage, mm-hmm. which is the longest first date in human history uh, <laughs> because they because they do 45 <laughs> different things. What yeah. are all the things they do? They go water skiing in Lake Mead, which looks amazing. looks so beautiful. It does, yeah. we are flying in a helicopter over it before, mm-hmm. and then they're like, oh, it's Lake Mead. That looks neat. That would be a cool place to ski. And they go to, like, a little <laughs> Western theme park thing. Yeah, and and Margaret pretends to shoot Elvis, uh, in her very sexy kind of Dallas Cowboys cheerleader outfit thing. That was kind of Debbie neat. does demons. D- <laughs> Debbie does yeah, Debbie does something and um, let's, yeah and oh they they do the motorcycle driving which I think that's at the airport. That looked like an airport. That's to what me. that looks like. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, I agree with you. Not a whole lot of or again probably maybe not any gambling but a lot of Las Vegas is just a cool place type stuff we mm-hmm. uh, we see the lights we see the hotels if not the casinos as much we see a little bit of the the shows being offered by you know in the showgirl yeah. kind of yeah. thing and then we see a little bit of the natural beauty of the um the Las Vegas desert and stuff mm-hmm. like that which as a big fan of deserts, a big fan of Western films, you know, I always appreciate that.
1: I really liked when, uh, I think it was after their first date, when they're hanging up their uh, their swimsuits. It's definitely a set, but the way they had the background lit and painted in that kind of like night desert sky, in, 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 like, yeah. in, the, in the sun is setting, you have that kind of beautiful purple and orange on mm-hmm. the horizon. I just dug that. I was like, this is great. Yeah. If the whole movie could look like this, that'd be perfect.
0: It's just a very colorful movie, and I mean, it makes sense that it would be, right? Because we've yeah, got sure. all the the neon lights of Vegas stuff, the the nightclub life of Vegas, which is nothing like nightclubs are in Vegas now. That's to the film's benefit, because because you can actually hear things, unlike um, <laughs> the actual clubs that pure and all that crap. But, yeah, and then we we do see we see a little bit of the downtown, mostly just in the opening scene. Most of the most of the Vegas stuff I guess is in the strip because they're in the flamingo a lot, but you don't see that much of the strip and first of all, like the strip as as like a phenomenon. I don't I don't wanna say it it wasn't around back in sixty four, but it certainly wasn't what it is now. It's rather than there being dozens and dozens of big hotels and casinos, you know, it was five or six you know it was the Sahara was there maybe maybe the Riviera Caesar's Palace for sure the Flamingo and maybe like one or two that aren't there anymore one or two others but you know there's no MGM Grand there's no Luxor there's no Mandalay Bay
1: now as somebody who has been to Vegas several times Patrick what would you say is your favorite thing to do
0: I have kind of a different perspective of Vegas because I have gone stayed at the hotels and stuff but also when my brother lived there he lived kind of just outside the city, like not too far from the Strip. And I remember just, like, enjoying just going out for walks at this, like, a uh, public park that was near his place that was um, unlike public parks anywhere near where I've lived because it's, it's just a frickin' desert. You just, like, walk out there, and, and <laughs> it's so neat. And you see these, like, lizards and stuff, and, like, so I like that stuff. Yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot i have seen a lot of good shows. So <laughs> Jersey Boys. I saw this, like, Rat Pack tribute thing. What about Chris you know, Angel? Was he there? I saw, I saw Britney. I saw Britney Spears. Oh,
1: that's nice, yeah.
0: Yeah, you know. Um. Well, well, I guess it was while she was being enslaved by her father. I had no idea at <laughs> oh the my time.
1: God. She's got a tell-all book coming out, everybody, so keep your eyes open for it.
0: Speaking of being enslaved by fathers, let's talk a little bit about <laughs> Anne Margaret's father in this movie. He is... he's not overbearing. He's... I don't know, like... Yeah, it, really first of all, there's guy. no mother in the picture. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's just kind of a normal guy. He likes... Elvis a lot, because he's interested in race car driving, even though Mm -hmm. Rusty is not. He's also... I've seen this guy in in something. I I think I've seen him in a Twilight Zone episode. I think he's in the Twilight Zone episode where he goes crazy and punches his wife in the face, and she flies (laughs) out the window, which is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) It's very funny. Uh, Check out, I think it's called The Box or What's in the Box or something.
1: (laughs) What's in the box?
0: Yeah, it's something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, because I think it's What's in the Box because the whole, it's about television, the whole thing is they see... They see the future in the television, and he sees that he murders his wife, and he's like, well, how can this happen? And it's, like, driving him crazy, and the wife is like, ah, shut up. Like, you don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) And then they get in a fight as a result of, like, that argument, and he ends up (laughs) punching her in the face. (laughs) She flies out the window. Uh, Funnier than anything in in Viva Las Vegas. Not to say that Viva Las Vegas isn't a funny movie, though. I think the big comedy highlight for me was um, eventually because Elvis doesn't have money because he loses because the the stupid kid throws it in the storm drain or whatever um <laughs> he works at the flamingo as like a waiter in order to kind of a he needs money for the engine but also he he has a big hotel bill he needs to pay so he's like mm-hmm. double indebted but there's a scene where Elmo Count Elmo takes Rusty out on a date but they don't go out they instead go to his hotel room which is a bad idea because <laughs> who who's their waiter but of course Elvis and this, this is this a fun klutz. scene yeah well he's, well, he's not he's, he's he's, he's trying to be this. he's try he's trying to do everything he can to throw things off but it, but it's a fun scene because it's like um and and I never really believe that Elmo's being genuine about mm-hmm. his affection towards Rusty it doesn't really matter cuz he's not a huge part of the movie but she's trying to make him jealous him being lucky by um when she's asked Elmo about racing and he's like oh if I met the proper girl like I would gladly give it up and the whole point of the the whole conflict between her and Lucky was that he wouldn't give up racing so she kind of like while Lucky is in the room is, is being like wow <laughs> you know some men really wouldn't yeah, do yeah. that and then of course there's the famous very sexually suggestive moment <laughs> in which Elvis pops the champagne bottle and it overflows yeah. which makes for an excellent gif
1: it does it does, yeah.
0: But overall, just a fun scene. Elvis is just like, it's not kind of a normal comedic timing, but he's so genuinely a dick in that scene. Yeah. And we understand <laughs> why he's being a dick. It's because he's trying to kind of sabotage the date. But it's just so funny to me because he's he's like serving them food. And he's like, ah, oh, you don't want that. It's too cold. And so he just takes it away immediately. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or what do you say about the catfish? He's like the catfish is looking a little hairier on the edges. <laughs> and
0: you know what? I trust a, a Memphis man on 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 catfish. On catfish, yeah. I do for sure. So I, over an Italian, hell yeah. <laughs> uh, huh. You know, I say the the I'm I never really buy Elmo's authenticity towards Rusty. I mean, e- even more so. I, Rusty's not really into him and we see that later mm-hmm. after Elvis has been kicked out she's sitting on the chair and he comes sits next to her and she keeps moving further and further away until she yeah. falls off the chair Yeah. meanwhile Elvis is serenading them from outside and, but he bursts in and starts doing like a rock and roll song like the second he he's about <laughs> the second Elmo's about to kiss her so that's like a very fun scene you know he's he's, he's redeeming himself in a while I don't know if he's doing that, but it's a fun scene. That whole yeah, that whole bit. It's That's cute. Of uh, a non, I mean, it, it, the scene eventually has a song, but I would say overall, I wouldn't really call it a musical scene compared to a lot of the others. That's probably my favorite um, scene, my favorite I mean, comedy scene.
1: Really, this movie's a string of scenes between Elvis and Anne Margaret, and I think the best way to describe those scenes are cute. They're cute. Even when yeah, they're angry, they have angry, good chemistry.
0: The two of them, you know? they have they have good chemistry together. The dancing is, and I want to talk about the dancing for interesting. a second. It's very interesting. The dancing is interesting. The dancing is very, very 60s. It's yeah. very 60s. <laughs> if you think of like um, Beatlemania era or if you see see like a video of like a, an old like swinging 60s England like go-go dancer kind of yeah. thing, it's yeah. very like that. Anne margaret is a good dancer, but the dancing has aged poorly but she's good and they are really weird moves but i want to highlight the dancing here so in the scene where she dances this is before Elvis Elvis is about to meet her on the first date they're at the University of Nevada she is dancing with all these guys behind her and it was it's more more so with the men than it was for her but there was a little bit of a west side story vibe there's a little bit of like a a, a ballet kind of feel to how they dance and i happened to find out that the dance choreographer of this movie was david winters Mm -hmm. that name will likely come up in the future in this podcast it hasn't come up yet but david winters was in west side story he played a rab who i think is the short dark-haired jet um, so he was obviously like a professional dancer, but he eventually had a career in Hollywood as a dance choreographer. I believe this is the first movie he was dance choreographer for. But years later, decades later, he started a film company. I, th- I think was, he started like a producer partnership with David A. Pryor of Killer Workout mm-hmm. fame. And the two <laughs> no. of them produce I mean, David Pryor was usually the director. Winters was usually the producer. But together oh, they made no. a bunch of terrible schlock no. movies in like the late '80s, <laughs> early '90s. So we'll probably get some more um, David Winters movies. No. I know. I know they did. Um, or I, actually, I don't think Pryor was involved in this one. But David Winters produced *Space Mutiny*, which is a movie featured on *Mystery Science Theater 3000*. Yeah, so that's David Winters. I believe he passed away a few years ago, like, recently. That's when I first kind of heard about him. I mean, I had come across the name before kind of unwittingly when he was, like, a producer on some bad movies that I saw. But I'm like, oh, this guy had a very interesting life and career. Like, he's mm-hmm. in West Side Story. He's in the greatest musical film of all time. <laughs> and to go from that to <laughs> and Space Meet <laughs> and David A. Pryor is kind of interesting.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. And I will say I read... Uh, hold on, I'm going to move around my mic here. Sorry, audience. I read uh, a brief little article where they took a snippet of an interview from him and he said that Anne margaret was so naturally talented that he barely had to do any work with her.
0: I think she selected him as the dance choreographer i think it's possible maybe he had a role in bye bye birdie but i think she knew of him and maybe they hadn't worked before but she's like let's get this guy and and yeah i mean again Anne margaret the dancing is good it's just like watching it now it's weird it's dancing that's 100 percent not in style but it's good dancing i mean it is
1: well speaking of dancing though let's talk about elvis's dancing because most of it is bad i would say yeah and especially, like, when he does his kind of, like, Elvis shuffle, he just looks like he's seizing. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I want to put, like, a leather wallet in his mouth.
0: I think that's a bit extreme. But I will say, and this is partially the dancing, it's more so the wardrobe, a little bit of the hair. <laughs> this is some of the least cool Elvis has looked in film. I mean, I know yeah. he he's in a suit, it's Vegas, like, there's a coolness there. And maybe he's just because he's with someone as amazing as Anne margaret but, like, his hair, to me, looks more dyed black here yes, than it does in other yeah. movies. And it's styled in a way where he's always got the pompadour, but his is almost too smooth here where it's just kind of, like, straight back. There's no, there's no waviness whatsoever to it. Mm-hmm. And then the wardrobe, he wears a lot of turtlenecks, and that's not a <laughs> great look on <laughs> Elvis, I don't think. I know I know he does the turtlenecks in some later movies, too. Yeah, the dancing... Yeah, I know what you mean with the Ellis Shuffle, but I, I think when he does kind of... I think he does, like, the low-key dancing pretty well. hmm And then he, when he gets a little bit more into it, he's not as... It's not as much A-game in... in. in yeah, but I, yeah. Like, when he's just doing that kind of, like, that stepping thing... Um, I know those of you not listening to us can't see this, but I'm just <laughs> kind of demonstrating it a little bit for Jim, who's watching me here. When he's doing that stepping thing, like, when he's at the talent show... I think yeah. that's perfect for what it is. That's a good performance. But, yeah, I agree. When it's full dancing, maybe not as good.
1: And now, also, what do you think about his singing in this movie, specifically the Viva Las Vegas song?
0: Are you talking the the vocals or the dubbing? Because the dubbing was the big problem in, with G.I. Blues.
1: Maybe both. It just doesn't sound exciting. Like, it, it, it almost sounded like, to me anyways, when he was singing Viva Las Vegas at the talent show, uh, or whatever. Yeah, he was singing at a talent show, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. It just sounded like he was just kind of tired. You know See, what
0: I, mean? I, I, I didn't get that impression at all. I think um, I think Viva Las Vegas as a song has some of the more impressive vocals, I, I, I would say, overall of the song. I, I don't believe—I mean, I, I would have to go back and see the scene again. I don't know if uh, the version in the film, or specifically the version when he's singing it in the film because it's also the opening song— is different than the version that was released. But the released version, you know, the hit single, Beaver mm-hmm. Las Vegas, is, it is a hit single. It don't is, it give is. me shit. I'm not
1: laughing because I'm only laughing because I, I'm calling it, like it sounds, I'm saying he sounds amazing. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm
0: just saying I think he yeah. sounds great in that. He's got like a natural vibrato to all of the verses when he's doing the yeah. lower voice thing. You know, I'm not a musician, so I don't tend to be able to, word things right when i'm talking about music but i listen i know what i like okay, when we'll i hear it difference. and viva las vegas is is one of those things for me i think it's um of, of his like big hits in terms of like how much i'm impressed by the vocals i would say this isn't quite as high as like um you're the devil in disguise i think that he just absolutely kills it in that mm-hmm. one and there's some other great ones too but I, th- I think he's good in this i mean i and i didn't know going back to the him in the actual movie i didn't notice a problem i thought yellow rosa texas sounded great i thought the dubbing seemed fine to me it, it was it was not perfect but it was a huge step up from gi blues for whatever yeah. reason because that was our I, that was certainly my biggest complaint about gi yeah. blues
1: well here hot take i think viva las vegas is a better movie than gi blues as as a lot of people would think oh yeah uh, that is think... that
0: is a freezing cold that is an antarctic <laughs> take um, but i think this
1: gi blues is, is more fun of a song than viva las vegas
0: and I, I disagree with that, too. I will give the nod overall to the Viva Las Vegas soundtrack over, or excuse me, to the G.I. Blues soundtrack over Viva Las Vegas. Okay, yeah. Relatively yeah. close, especially because I, I do think Aunt Margaret adds a lot to the soundtrack. You know, there's there's some bangers on on G.I. Blues. There's no doubt about that.
1: Yeah, like the, what, the, the Frankfurt special?
0: Yeah, that one's a good one. Pocket full of rainbows. rainbows. I almost said sunshine. That's a different song. <laughs> Yeah, and then this one I think, um I, I do like the title song, and I like the title song even more than I do the title song in G.I. Blues. I'm trying to think, what is my if I had to pick a favorite song from this movie, let me pull up the track list on the EP. I think I'm going Come on Everybody. Ooh. That's the one he sings at UNLV. On stage with the dancers to Anne Margaret at the start of the first date. That one might be my favorite.
1: Yeah, I like that. What, what's the one? Oh, I thought that one was also. Maybe I'm confused. Which one is? Give me a second. I'm looking it up right now. Is what did I say? Oh, that one. Yeah, that
0: no. He sings that. That's the Terry Gar scene. That's the that's the dance club where Terry Garr is is an extra in that scene. Because that um, he sings that after again that black group which now that i've got the ep pulled up i can find the proper name for them
1: um, The for jubilee i think or the okay jubilee yeah Four? so
0: w- after they're done doing their song jubilee and after Four. he dances he gets on stage and sings what did i say which becomes a dance and listen i mean you can go ahead and pick that as the best song from the movie you're not wrong but it's because it's one of the best songs of the 1950s one ray of the best charles songs ever song. but it's a ray charles song like yeah. so i don't think of it I, it's good and it's a good rendition it's not as good as the ray charles version or even the chris farley brian dennehy version perhaps in tommy boy um <laughs> but it's a I, good song i do like
1: come on everybody that is come on a
0: everybody's a lot of that's a fun scene too yeah we don't hear much of it in the song and in fact i'm looking at the ep the ep says it's three minutes and 27 seconds we probably only hear about 30 seconds of it but Mm -hmm. today tomorrow and forever which is the song he plays at Anne margaret's house when at first he's going to drop her off they they agree to kind of continue the date and he just hits a few notes on the piano and he starts singing that song that's a very good song it's so good and maybe just the title has a certain ring to it as well but that there's an elvis um compilation i think it's maybe specifically of his movie songs it's like mm-hmm. four five six discs that's called like today elvis today tomorrow and forever or whatever so i think that's a very good song but we don't get a whole lot of it in this movie
1: as for choreography with songs i think the lady loves me might
0: oh yeah and that's not one. and that's not dance choreography that's just that's blocking that's yes. um yeah just the two of them because they're walking around he's got the guitar well, she starts changing clothes later on. She's, you know, got the towel and eventually throws them off the high dive. Yeah, that's a very good... That's probably my favorite... I don't think it's my favorite song, but for how it functions in the movie, I think it's the most enjoyable musical number.
1: Well, you're not saying... Wait, you're saying Elvis pretending to be a Texan and shooting guns off in a club? I don't really have an <laughs> issue with that
0: scene. It's a little weird not really a great first musical number if that shows up in the middle of the movie i think that works better that's kind of the weird like i said it's kind of a weird way to introduce the musical aspect of the movie but it's not bad i don't have anything against it it's just not that great before we get to the race at the end we got to cover a couple more things so there's one and this one this is like one of those like am i going crazy moments i'm looking at the ep the the original ep only four songs Mm mm-hmm if You Think I Don't Need You, which—oh, God, that song's really good, too. When When is that performed in the movie? I'm trying to think.
1: Oh, is that— uh... Oh,
0: that's—I think that's when he interrupts the date of Elmo. I think that's when he kind of bursts in. I think he's singing that.
1: I'll trust
0: you. Uh, there's I Need Somebody to Lean On. You know, uh, there's Come On, Everybody, which is the one of the more famous scenes of the movie, I would say. And then there's Today, Tomorrow, and Forever. So that's the original EP. That's it in 2010 there was an expanded reissue which has all the other songs we're talking about viva las vegas which that wasn't on the original ep
1: which is surprising
0: it's the fucking title (laughs) song i guess it was a single only because that's a that's a hit single that had that that had to have charted in the top 10 jesus it charted at 15 in the uk in 2007 why (laughs) why (laughs) Because <laughs> usually, like when they when, they when something there? when something charts like decades later, it's like okay, someone died, or it was probably yeah. just <laughs> it might have been used in a movie or something. Because that song has a famous remix that it does, yeah. Uh, I believe was like a top ten hit in the UK when that came out, but that was like I don't know. Anyways, uh, so charted at no 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 on, Viva Las Vegas only charted at number twenty nine in the US charted higher in the UK see
1: it was a lazy song you know in 2002 the city of vegas acquired the rights of the song to make it the official song of the city or they that, didn't acquire that's the what rights, i was that's
0: what i thought like yeah, i was, was thinking something along those things okay um so it charted on the vegas um charts the vegas local <laughs> radio charts in oh, 2002 vegas, probably
1: vegas local radio charts <laughs>
0: Well, anyways, I brought up the EP specifically because there's one song in here. Again, I said I felt like I was going crazy. There's one song in here, maybe even two that I don't freaking remember in the movie. There's "You're the Boss" parentheses with Anne Margaret.
1: Yeah, I don't remember that. Is
0: that I don't think because I think I looked up that song and I listened to it and it's like yeah, that's not in the movie. Uh, because because there's an there's a song Anne Margaret sings in the movie that didn't make the ep which
1: yeah that, is that the one is, near the end
0: yeah it's the um the baby blue racing car song yeah. i don't know what it's called that song is very like broadway theater that's mm-hmm. that is it's not a bad song it's not you know Anne margaret puts in work and margaret has this naturally very she's a beautiful woman but she's got a natural like Aggression about her where she just like when she wants to be angry when she wants to play anger she pulls it off so well and there's even something like in her voice that works so well for that so when that song when she's pissed about her boyfriend spending too much time with his car like i believe her anger in that scene i think that's pretty great yeah and then there's yeah santa lucia i don't remember that coming up in the song or in the movie but it's only 1 minute 14 seconds, so it could have been anywhere. But yeah, anyways, I'd say favorite songs are Come On Everybody, If You Think I Don't Need You, Today, Tomorrow, and Forever, and Viva Las Vegas, I would say. And then obviously if we include What Did I Say? And that's half the fucking movie there. That is yeah, half the yeah. movie I just named as those are excellent <laughs> songs. So. But anyways, we've got the final race, which is a um, a Grand Prix... Out in the <laughs> desert o- over um, Hoover Dam and all that stuff. They, Elvis finally gets the engine. We find out, like at the very end of the movie, that it was paid for by Anne Margaret's father. We find out very awkwardly um yeah. <laughs> and a scene that almost like feels like it's yeah, yeah. too short or something that's kind of weird. Uh speaking of too short, the, the end of this movie overall is kind of weird. Like um the, the marriage fairy. when they get married it's like a it reminded me of those universal monsters movies where they just <laughs> cut back like <laughs> they just rush it. Oh, <laughs> you know, oh my son's going to be okay. The Frankenstein uh family will live on and then the movie's over. It's like yeah. that's kind of what the marriage was here or the wedding I should say. Yeah. Maybe it's symbolic of of the um average length of marriages that are wed in the city of Las Vegas though did you know Jim that the state of Nevada has the lowest divorce rate in the entire United States
1: Really I' <laughs> because really?
0: everyone gets because everyone who gets married there gets oh. gets married when they're on vacation they just get divorced oh. in other states that's why
1: oh, that makes sense <laughs>
0: No that's... one gets divorced in Nevada hey. <laughs> no one. <laughs> so that that's yeah. a little interesting fact so I, that I I kind of like throwing out there. It's like uh okay. Anyways, the race. Um, it's being watched by Rusty, Rusty's father, and then who's the goofy guy? What was his name? Uh, Lucky's mechanic friend.
1: I let's call him mechanic. Mechanic number uh, one. I've got his
0: I've got his name written down here. It's some kind of goofy name too, I think. But anyways, they are all watching it from the helicopter and first of all i would just like to say the goofy the goofy mechanic friend miscast Mm -hmm. that guy needs to be a lot younger that guy's too old to be doing that shtick he looked like he was like 38 yeah
1: (laughs) Yeah, like like, you (laughs) want you want like
0: a young like 20s guy
1: yeah you don't you don't want a guy who should be like saving up for retirement you know
0: (laughs) the race is exciting relatively speaking yeah uh, we see a number of crashes. It takes us a long time to get to the crashes, but the crashes, like, become increasingly serious, which I think yeah. is kind of neat.
1: Yeah, it, it is exciting. Like, there's, folks... there's a
0: couple probable deaths. We don't really focus on it. <laughs> but there's the one—I mean, okay. one car blows up. I mean, I, I, yeah. I have a feeling that's a death. But even before that, there is a crash that, like—maybe I maybe it's the guy whose tires, uh, who gets, a like, a double blowout. It might be that guy. Yeah, and he flips. It might not be, but— but um, there's a car that goes, like, careening off into the road, and, and it's like the, the, the road is higher than... It's not like a <laughs> yeah. canyon or anything, but the road is higher than... It's a very the, big hill. <laughs> ...the land next to the road. And he goes... And the car goes down, and, and the car doesn't flip or anything, but everything is kind of sped up a little bit because that's what yeah. you do in older movies. I, can't, I I would have to see it again now because I, I saw this movie, like, almost a week ago, but it was either... A dummy that kind of slid, like almost got thrown from the car, but not quite. But like opened the door. Yeah. Or it was a miniature car, and there's like a miniature dummy. It was one yeah. of the two. I can't remember, but it was kind of funny. Whatever it was, he looked like they cut a dummy. away like just in time. If if it lasted any longer, it would have looked terrible. They cut away at the right time, I think. One of the most. Brutal... I think it was a dummy. I think it was a real car and a dummy, but yeah. I can't remember. Yeah.
1: One of the most brutal crashes was uh, this guy driving. He. Blows a tire, flips on the side, mm-hmm. and then like three cars just crush. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> that's, that's right. That was. And I'm like,
0: oh my That God. was what happened in that car. And that's that another. Dead. <laughs> that's a, that's a good moment too because that's um Elvis. We we're seeing that that Rusty or excuse me that Lucky, he should be Rusty because he's the mechanic. Yeah, he should be. <laughs> and um, but he's a good guy. He's trying to tell that guy about his tire thing because he notices it. Yeah. He's trying to get his attention. And the guy's just like ah fuck off and then just boom and he gets yeah. murdered uh by by the oncoming or not oncoming traffic the but the, yeah so the race finishes i think it finishes in the downtown area doesn't it i believe so. yeah
1: right in front of the golden yeah, Ted it, nugent yeah,
0: yeah um what golden nugget is was he called the nugget or something no Oh, is, is the hotel the Golden <laughs> yeah, Crackpot yeah. with Ted <laughs> Nugent? I mean, what what is this?
1: Yeah, it's the Golden Nugget. It's the Golden Nugget.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. So they it starts in the downtown area.
1: Mm-hmm. At like or maybe midnight. It
0: doesn't,
1: I, yeah, it it's, yeah, it's yeah, it's an overnight race. Finishes at like six a.m. or whatever. Yeah,
0: um, and I, I don't know if this was an actual Grand Prix that was held, but as I understand, like I think Grand Prix are just like I don't want to say cross country, but they are. They don't have a track, right? Isn't that like the the um, basis of a Grand Prix? They no, race on I actual think... functioning functioning roads.
1: Isn't the isn't the uh, the F one race at Monaco? Isn't that a Grand Prix? Isn't that like a? I don't know. Isn't that know. the Monaco Grand Prix? I don't know. I don't, I don't know much about car racing. I'll be honest.
0: All right. Yeah. Well. Anyways, Elvis wins, and then in the hol- helicopter, Elvis's goofy friend says, "Like, hey." hey Anne margaret's dad you you really got a lot on your investment for getting that engine and then he he tries to like get him to to shut up and then Anne margaret just goes and then oh and then she kind of like oh okay i'm okay with this because because the whole thing was like she doesn't want the but yeah uh and then they get married and in a scene that's about four seconds long and then that's pretty much the end of the movie
2: (laughs) yeah yeah
0: um Jim, what did you think of Viva Las Vegas? I know you had seen this movie before, well, as I had, have yeah. I, of course. I've seen this movie a number of times. This is probably, of all the Elvis movies, probably the one I've seen the most, even though it's not necessarily my favorite. It's up there, though. But, Jim, what did you think?
1: Uh, you know, I the first time I saw this, or at least the first couple times I saw this, I was a kid or, like, in my early teens. And I remember mm-hmm. liking it a lot more. Now, I don't know, I just find it a little boring. It, 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 doesn't, it doesn't have pacing issues. It doesn't feel slow. No. But right. it, it's just like a little boring, I guess. Even something like G.I. Blues, the only other Elvis movie we've done on this podcast so far, I think I in I think I enjoyed more than Viva Las Vegas because there was just more stuff going on. Like Elvis was attacking a baby in that one. Well that yeah, but that exciting. scene went on for so long
0: that. though. <laughs> that <laughs> yeah. that I mean, you talk about pacing issues, the last twenty minutes of that movie are just Elvis yelling at a baby. Yeah. That's awful. <laughs>
1: Elvis abusing a child yeah but i don't know um i don't really know what to think it's a fine movie i just didn't vibe with it i guess All right. it was just a little boring for me what about you
0: i think this is what i'm looking for in an elvis movie yeah this movie puts me in a good mood and i mm-hmm. think on the low bar of what elvis movies are setting out to do i think that's obviously the main thing they're going for and then you know it's it puts a smile on my face. There's there's fun dancing. There's fun weird sixties um, like uh, <laughs> shimmy dancing. Yeah, there's <laughs> I yeah. Know. I don't know what to. Do. I, I'm sure there's like a there's, there's like a there's a little bit of the twist, but there's variations of it. And ann Margaret does a lot of like uh, up and over like windmill kind yeah. of moves with her arms, which <laughs> yeah. w- w- where she's swinging her hips <laughs> while she does that. Um, she's great yeah <laughs> she's she's fantastic in that she's fantastic in the um uh but yeah and, and i mean it's there's a lot of good songs there's elvis and mm-hmm. elvis and Anne margaret their chemistry fantastic there's Anne margaret who's one of the most beautiful women ever and she's a good singer a good mm-hmm. reasonably good actress
1: she's genuinely talented
0: she's a genuinely talented performer yes and then the race car scene, a little weird. It, I always thought it was kind of weird. I think when I was younger, I was disappointed by the climax because race car and then immediately to the wedding, you, you think we need mm-hmm. one more song at the end, I think, ideally. Yeah, but I do kind of appreciate the variety too that it we get these we get songs in these different scenarios. We get a back and forth kind of flirting romantic song. We get songs that are really just for dancing and for showing off Elvis's voice and Anne Margaret's dancing. We get songs that are to show how pissed off Anne Margaret is <laughs> while she prepares dinner for her father. And then there's a race car scene. It's like, oh yeah, this is completely different. I'm getting, a, I gonna have a different reaction to this than I had to all the other scenes. So I, I kind of like that. I, It just throws a lot at you. And I think most of it works in my opinion.
1: Yeah. And again, like I, I agree with you. I think most of it works if not all of it. It just felt slow, but not, again, not in the pacing sense. But also, you're right about it being like a feel-good movie.
0: I think it starts a little slow. And again, going back to it, it takes us 15 or so minutes to get you get the first on-screen Elvis singing. I think yeah, okay, the scene yeah. where they're going from showgirl thing to showgirl thing looking for, I think that scene just kind of, it's like, get on with it. I, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Um, but that, that's just, I, th- I think it starts slow, but I think after that, I, I, I don't have any complaints about that kind of uh, the movie moving slow or anything.
1: No. And again, the interplay between, uh, Elvis and, Anne Margaret really do, or really does make the movie mm-hmm. and it genuinely makes it enjoyable to watch. And like you said, a feel good movie. But And it.
0: though overall, I i don't think the love triangle was very well done. Mm-hmm. The, one of the best scenes of, Elvis and Ann Margaret as performers is the scene where Elvis is third wheel. Like that's yeah. just a very funny <laughs> yeah, scene. great. And it's, great. And it's the, overall the love triangle really almost not really well developed. But yeah, Viva Las Vegas is great. I it sounds like I enjoyed it a lot more than you did, and that's fine. Yeah, it does. Just, movie. just accept that you're wrong and, and let's Okay, that's on. fine.
1: I'll accept it. Well, <laughs> speaking <laughs> speaking of movies that uh, <laughs> I don't even <laughs> I not really know how to describe this next movie other than I love it.
0: <laughs> oh, wait. You see, okay, I was kind of expecting that. Like early in the days when we did when we were doing this podcast, I would have been shocked if you said, "Yeah, this movie's great. I loved it." Like when we first started. But yeah. I mean, I guess come to think of it, the first fucking episode, you're yeah, like, "Yeah, yeah Killer, Killer Workout, workout was it's awesome." I'm like, awesome. "Okay. I still
1: watch it once in a while."
0: <laughs> like cuz I mean, you liked Slave Girls from Beyond Infinity. Yeah, it's like okay. So I'm not. I'm no longer surprised. You will surprise me at some point, but <laughs> no longer you know, with Death Stalker. Okay.
1: Well, actually, here I'm going to surprise you with some other Death Stalker uh, trivia. Or sorry, Death Stalker uh, trivia.
0: Does, does it involve? Because I hinted at this um, at the end of which I know you weren't in the last episode, but does it involve Phil Spector?
1: Yeah. Who is? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, okay. Get so, to talk about that. Okay, hold on. We'll get to that. We'll Another
0: that. music legend is somewhat tied to this film, <laughs> and in a quite less flattering way than well, Elvis he, in the previous film.
1: And he's also sort of tied to the Elvis movie that we just did. Believe it or not. Um, okay. Well, fuck doc, it. Let's start. Let's start with okay. it. Let's start. Let's with start. It. Let's, let's pull so, off
0: the band aid. Yeah, with uh, with l- Phil Spector, yeah. who, who, it, for those listening who don't know maybe the most iconic the most legendary music producer certainly in american music i mean all of the major girl groups of like the early 60s you know the mm-hmm. um the paris sisters the i don't think he did the supremes but like all that stuff and then eventually even had some role with like late beatles i think he was on i think he was involved with like the let it be album but but just a monumental figure in music but he but he's a behind the scenes person, so a lot of people likely don't know about him. But yeah, anyways, take her away, Jim. I'm sorry.
1: So, a very beautiful actress with uh, very large assets. Uh, very two big, great personalities, yeah. two outstanding <laughs> two personalities great on that woman. Yeah, uh, named uh Christ, what's her name, Lana Lana Clarkson. Lyra. Thank you, Lana Jean Clarkson. She plays Kay- Ka- Kyra Kara in the movie. The,
0: Kaira, but they did. They do, it's K-A-I, but they do say Kai. I remember the first syllable, so yeah.
1: Anyways, their character names don't matter. Anyways, she was a model. Death
0: Stalker matters, because yeah. that's a character <laughs> name. you think that's a nickname. That is a yeah, character yeah. name. That's the guy's
1: name. But yeah, she was a model <laughs> uh, stroke actress. And She was in a lot like a lot of these uh, sword and sorcery films. And uh, in some kind Yeah, she of might like, be
0: in like Phoenix the Warrior. I think she's in a couple other ones and that I've seen. She's in some I don't kind
1: of like erotic movies not like porn but like things well, that's soft kind of how i would like describe
0: this. this movie i mean this yeah exactly is a little, well I would, a, so this isn't a softcore film but there's a lot of nudity here Well,
1: I have, I have a story about this movie too how i was first introduced to it but uh she was infamously murdered by her husband phil Spector, in 2003 i think he shot right. her dead and uh he in the early 1960s was working with Lieber and Stroller, I believe that's it. No, sorry, Lieber and Stoller. Stroller. Stoll- yeah. So who and
0: wrote like all the big, well, not all, but a lot of the early big Elvis songs. Yeah, and Very who, famous songwriting duo.
1: Yeah, and exactly.
0: who They were-, Jailhouse they rock, were all over Rock, Heartbreak Hotel, all that stuff.
1: Yeah, and then I think they were still kind of doing little jobs here and there in the early 60s for various labels, including-
0: Oh, yeah, I believe it.
1: What was Elvis tied to in the early 60s? Was it...
0: I'm I'm oh, always son. bad with the label
1: stuff. Anyways, yeah. Yeah, so Phil Spector was working with them. Uh, he was apprenticing under them, and he may or may not have had a hand in some Elvis stuff, and then he okay. shot his wife dead, like, <laughs> like 40 years later. Yeah, oh, I
0: remember the, the first time I came across that um, story. I was in, I guess it was junior high. I was in some class and we were doing like a some kind of current events project and we had to do like news so it was it was the, during the must've been during the 2004 presidential election mm-hmm. um so I was probably in what like 5th or 6th grade and um we were there's some like current events like how are you following the like come, gather a bunch of stories about like for, from yeah. a certain angle on the political thing So it's like I, I remember. I think I ended up talking about like cele- or gathering stories on like celebrity endorsements. So that's like Bruce Springsteen performed at a John Kerry benefit or something like that. And I remember just like I had never heard of Phil Spector. I did not know he was significant, obviously. But mm-hmm. on on one of these newspapers where I found, I think it was the Bruce Springsteen story there is a picture of Phil Spector <laughs> on trial. And Phil Spector at this oh, time no. was the funniest fucking looking person because he had the, the, like, sideshow bob hair, yes, and yeah. he just looked so terrible. And I'm, like, looking at him, I'm, like, oh, that guy's a murderer. Like, why is he even on trial? We, he's guilty. Look <laughs> he, at him. He's definitely a murderer. And um, it was, like, years later I, I, like, kept hearing the name Phil Spector, Phil Spector because, like, um, and then I'm just, like, wait a second, that name rings a bell. And then I found out that this guy that who I, like, came across just randomly is, like, a legendary music producer. And then it's like, oh. But then it's like, it felt like for a while I was the only one that knew he had murdered people. Because I feel like when people talk about Phil Spector, they bury the lead.
2: Yeah. Like,
0: I feel like everyone knows he murdered someone. But they, they really don't talk about it. And they talk about, <laughs> like, oh, he's super important. You know, everything brian wilson did on pet sounds he was just trying to imitate phil spector yeah but (laughs) phil spector also it's we're talking about brian wilson we're talking about people who wrote for the beach boys phil spector had a lot more in common with uh, with charles manson than he did with brian wilson in a lot of ways though (laughs) i mean well
1: and you know i feel like
0: even the wikipedia page like it's 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 above the um it mentions the murder like above the index right mm-hmm. like cuz you have like the however many paragraphs and then you have like the index doing uh, the different chapters of like biography or early yeah. life works whatever it's it's above the index but the above the index for him is like five or six paragraphs and it's like way at the end and it's like one <laughs> sentence i want to say it's like i
1: i would have moved this yeah. up a
0: bit but that's me no, i don't he's know he's
1: first and foremost a murderer and then you can talk about <laughs> Whatever else he did, that's my opinion. I don't know, man. The Renettes were great. <laughs> well, okay. Going back to something you just said, it's funny that you brought up Charles Manson because we just did a commentary track on, or we just recorded. That's why a I brought it track. up
0: because I was um, talking about Brian Brian Wilson. Or excuse me, I was talking about Charles Manson. Tried to like write music for the Beach Boys and stuff like that, and uh, he had some kind of relationship with I uh, was Brian Wilson, Mike Love, somebody.
1: Well, remember when we were talking about the Playboy Mansion, and and I was talking to you, to, I was to, oh, fuck, I was talking to you about um, this like Playboy documentary I watched. A lot of it was about Barbie Benton, who also stars Ooh, yeah. in this movie. She
0: is um, billed higher than Lana Clarkson, which is surprising to me. It seems like Lana Clarkson has a bigger role, but well, Bar- uh, whatever. Sh-
1: she does but barbie benton's kind of famous at this point she'd been in like she's some, a bit
0: more a big bigger yeah okay yeah i mean she, they're both pretty big
1: <laughs> but yeah like she was she was a playmate uh she was hugh hefner's girlfriend for a while she was they the one all who were. convinced well that's yeah. that
0: means nothing no, it means nothing <laughs> but means she was nothing.
1: the one who convinced hugh hefner to buy the playboy mansion in 74 oh, for barbie yeah and she stayed on for like all kinds of clerical stuff and i think she's still alive today. But then she was also in like lots of like movies and like Playboy productions. But anyways, yeah, it's it's all coming full circle.
0: She's still alive. She's seventy two years old. Only seventy two. She was born in nineteen fifty, so she's what, mm. thirty two, thirty three in this Yeah, movie. she was
1: she was eighteen when she started dating Hugh Hefner who was in his forties. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think if I'm I'm trying to remember I think if only this...
0: that were the last time Hugh Hefner I dated know. an eighteen year old though <laughs> too. Know. That's like he was doing that thirty years later probably Dude,
1: I remember from the documentary barbary was saying something like she said i was hesitant at first because and i told him that i've never dated anybody over 24 before and he replied yeah neither have i and i'm like oh that <laughs> that's on. like there's a universe where
0: that's kind of a smooth and funny line but it's yeah. not coming from hugh hefner it's <laughs> no. not when, he, when he's that old yeah <laughs> no, it'll
1: come from hugh hefner while he's smoking a pipe and like f- fl- flipping through centerfolds 24 7 um yeah yeah. Well, I guess since we're talking about actors in the movie, the main star Rick Hill, who plays Death Stalker, he's a nobody. I I yeah. couldn't really find anything on him.
0: Yeah, he is the. Uh, we we talked about this. He's the first level of fame, right? Because the yeah, there's three levels of fame for actors. <laughs> um, <laughs> second level is you have a Wikipedia page. Third level is you have a Wikipedia page with a picture. Rick Hill's no Wikipedia page. So, you know, Barbie Benton is the third level of of fame Mm. so is lana clarkson so is richard brooker yes who we have to talk about because i assume you know what where we've seen richard brooker before
1: absolutely friday the 13th part three as mr jason also i
0: want to i want to pitch something to you uh we can no longer do this because richard brooker has passed away and also he would you know he'd be too old now even if he were alive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, I mean, because I'm used to seeing Richard Brooker with a hockey mask and monster makeup on, right? I didn't really yeah. know what Richard Brooker looked like other than, How you know, attractive and ripped he was? Yeah. Other than, well, I, I figured he was ripped because he's like a stuntman guy. You know, the Jason actors, they're not going to cast Rick Moranis as Jason, right? <laughs> yeah, they're going to get someone who's built. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but looking at him in this movie... How did no one make like a Mick Jagger biopic with him in like the early '80s or something, or like a I Rolling know. Stones movie and he plays Mick Jagger? He's he's definitely taller and he's more built, but he has that Mick Jagger face. He's got like the big mouth and yep. everything. Yep. He's just the hair. really I. I was really... And then he's English, too, so he's got the accent, naturally, obviously. But, uh, yeah, I just, huge missed opportunities. Martin Scorsese, you know, when you're busy making Raging Bull, you could have been making a Mick Jagger movie <laughs> yeah. with Richard Brooker of Deathstalker fame.
1: And with just as much tits as Stalker.
0: Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I, it would probably, that goes without saying, I suppose. Maybe not just as much, but there would be some in there. There would definitely the be some, but... Yeah, so because this is a this is a rapey movie. This is a, well, a lot of it, women tied up. A lot of women getting their clothes torn off. A lot of um, naked yeah. mud wrestling, which I rather enjoyed. Um,
1: well, and that's funny. So this is how I got a lot introduced. Of pig to Pig mask
0: guy was weird. He, the beard.
1: Yeah, he was. He was interesting. <laughs>
0: the Gamorian uh, guard.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, so in Canada we have a channel called Showcase. And back when I was in my early teens, and before then, I assume. uh, So you're old enough to date Hugh Hefner. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Well, maybe a few years shy. Uh, No, no, not with him. I don't think so. (laughs) Uh, But uh, showcase full disclosure.
0: You're you're old enough to date Elvis too, probably. If we're being honest, I love Elvis. That's uh, and Jerry Lee Lewis. Black marketing. Well. Yeah. You're old enough to marry Jerry Lewis <laughs> <laughs> as long as you're related to him.
1: Yeah, as long as you're related. But uh no, Showcase this channel in Canada uh, used to show pornography and a uh, lots nope. of softcore porn. And the Emmanuel were...
0: movies, did they do, have the Emmanuel movies stuff like that?
1: Uh, I don't remember, but I remember they're like the Red Shoe Diaries.
0: Oh, sure. Yeah, the Red Shoe Diaries. That was is Showcase the same thing as Showtime. I'm trying no, to think of what no. Red Shoe Diaries was on. Red Shoe Diaries was on. I mean, maybe the U.S. It was on. Offshoot, I don't know. It could be, but I know it was on what? Were, oh, um, Red Shoe Diaries, I think, was Cinemax because they used to call it Skinamax when they would do okay. kind of the softcore stuff. I think it, it could be wrong. It might be Showtime, but it was one of the premium cable networks in the U.S.
1: But yeah, so Showcase used to show like a lot of porn, mo- like mostly like softcore porn.
0: But the Zalman King Fair, he's the yeah. Red Shoe Diaries guy. He did yes. some other erotic films in like the 90s and stuff.
1: One day, oh, fuck, this must be when I'm like 12 or 13. Uh, you know, waiting for that sweet time at night, you know. And uh, Deathstalker comes on. <laughs> and it starts I out. I just to the story there. It's just, <laughs> and my life was never the same. My, I my just life I saw Deathstalker <laughs> yeah. at 12 well, years old was, when I was, was trying to watch porn. <laughs> it was really interesting because yeah. like, this is after, you know, this is well after I've seen Lord of the Rings. Uh, so, you know, I love Lord oh, okay. of the Rings. Oh, okay. And it begins with, like, these, these, uh, <laughs> I don't Goblins, know. Goblins,
0: like, trolls, trying to, like, rape brigands, a woman. You know, these, yeah.
1: these brigands interrupting a, another brigand who's going to rape a woman. So,
0: <laughs> And then the hero kind of rapes the woman. Well, <laughs> It's this is, very this weird. Is, this
1: is what I wrote down in my notes, just just for laughs. Okay. We okay. begin with an attempted rape followed by another attempted rape of the same woman. Yeah, we get more and more and more. uh, Followed by the murder of a dozen people, followed by a semi-consensual sex with the woman that was almost raped twice.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yeah, that was the thing was uh, after they meet Kyra, which I thought that was an incredible scene. Like Kyra sneaks up on (laughs) Mick Jagger and is ready to kill him. And then Deathstalker, probably the only cool thing he does in the movie, he says he comes up. To her, if she's like masked or something, like they don't know it's a woman. But he's like, hey, if you um, kill him, you're you'll be dead before something. I don't. He has kind of a cool, like, threatening line there because yeah. he's got the sword pulled on her, and then there's a little bit of a tussle, and her top comes off, and she's just like.
1: She She's wearing a cloak, and, like, it comes unfastened. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah, it comes in.
0: unfastened. And then just, like, for most of the rest of the movie, she's just, like, walking around like that. Like, she just, you know, she's European or something. I don't know. But, like, I thought that was kind of neat. I mean, it, like, it is amazing how, like, little of a costume she had. And, and yeah. you know, she's, she's, she's rocking it. And if she has, when they actually go to the palace or whatever... Which there's – that's when they bring out Bribery Benton to potentially be mm. raped and stuff. And there's a lot of nudity in that scene. There's the <laughs> – yeah. um, that's the whole
1: – Naked mud wrestling.
0: That's the naked mud wrestling. That's the Gamorian guard rips off someone's arm, which was pretty great. But that's – that whole – like she's got kind of like a bikini top thing there. But that's like – that's like the first time you see her covered up the entire yeah. movie, and that's it's like
1: halfway yeah, through the and, movie, and even then she's barely covered up.
0: Yeah, it, yeah. It's a it's a modest co- well, not it's a modest cover up, but it's also not <laughs> modest. It's modest in one sense, but not in yeah. the in the religious sense, I guess. But well, i mean and, going back to the the semi consensual. You know, once we meet Kyra, they talk to her for a bit, and she comes along with them on the journey. Yeah, and then just in the middle of the night, that stalker just kind of starts having sex with her.
1: And she appears to be into it. Uh, yeah,
0: that's the thing. It's it's at best it's semi-consensual, because she made no indication that this that she was she even awake. Like she's not into this. But then like when it happens, she's like, okay, yeah, I can go. I can go along with this. And it's like the Death constantly writing that line of redefining consent. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> that's just, right. that's, that's, yeah. what, that's well, what this film it's, does.
1: It's interesting because. Plus, he's
0: got his former goblin troll thief friend who's not a goblin or a troll anymore. Now he's just a thief who's like watching them, which is really weird.
1: Well, okay, let's back up for a second because this movie is really weird because it came out (laughs) in, I mean, other than like all the rape and stuff, this movie is really weird because it came out at a point in time when sword and sorcery stuff was not like it was just becoming very popular. with Conan. The of Conan, Conan the came out. Yeah,
0: I was trying to think of, like, what was yeah, the in inspiration for this because a lot of Corman movies are ripping off something and then I'm like, oh, that's right, Conan. Conan. Yeah. Um, so, so that came Conan out in 82. And 82, then, yeah.
1: Sword and Sorcery was big until the end of the decade.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, I, I don't know what else, um, what was around in the Sword and Sorcery genre before Conan other than, like, I think that... You can maybe say like the spiritual ancestor to this genre, even though there's no sorcery, sometimes not even swords. But it's kind of those like uh, Raquel Welch bikini movies, you know? Yeah. I think those are kind of the ancestors of this because you use the scantily clad women going around with barbarian like peoples, and there's monsters or dinosaurs yeah, yeah. Or, or pigmen or what you know, it's, it's something like that. Yeah, so I think there's there's a line to be drawn
1: there. I'm only saying this because I saw it on Wikipedia. I looked it up and some people would consider like Jason and the Argonauts. Yeah, I was
0: thinking that story. too. Yeah, okay. You know, well, that but, that's a true that's a true sword and sorcery film, but Yeah, this is It's sword, it's, 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 it's written, a bit written. harder to draw a line from that to Deathstalker. I think maybe Deathstalker you're combining those Harryhausen movies with the uh, Raquel Welch movies. Yeah, maybe well, because there were the eroticism of the Raquel Welch Bikini movies well, you know, with I, the high fantasy of um you Clash the Titans, Jason the Argonauts, crap like
1: that. Well, getting back to this movie specifically, the plot is pretty lax. But the whole point of everything that we see is that Deathstalker, shortly after he kills all these people from the beginning, runs into this right. old deposed king. And he says, oh, I used to be the king of these lands and I want my castle back. And Deathstalker essentially says, go fuck yourself. I'm not helping you. And the king goes, but he has my daughter, and he is this evil magician Munkar, which is the right. worst, <laughs> the worst name for a villain ever. And he looks like an idiot too.
0: You said the names don't matter.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you're right. You're right. Deathstalker Sorry, matter.
0: matters, though. Deathstalker
1: matters. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the coolest. What's names the name of his little
0: goblin friend? Do you remember oh, that uh, one? Oh,
1: yeah. It's uh, I have it written down. It's. Give me a is
0: side. he Kang? because <laughs> there's no. a kang in there the is a
1: cast. there is a kang and that's salmiron? salmiron that's it yeah
0: is that the goblin guy yeah that's he starts guy. as a goblin he starts as a little goblin and then yeah. he becomes a, 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 a because he was cursed to be a goblin he's just a thief or whatever
1: but yeah well and that's the thing about this movie so it starts out we got john
0: carl Beakler creatures again by the way i have mentioned do. him a lot he did uh ghoulies reanimator we did a commentary track for reanimator and uh when did i mention him most recently what were we talking about oh it was the slave girls from beyond infinity that he did like the robots and the aliens oh
1: that's that right yeah yeah so you're yeah. talking about how it was on a budget <laughs> yeah
0: yeah and uh, i think he did a good job here i think though the, the, there's a lot of r- rubberiness with the, the little monsters and the puppets but he did a good job
1: it, it look everything looks solid yeah i mean it, it all looks passable even all the sets look passable you know like you can tell they're working on a budget you know, yeah. and most of their budget went to paying women to get their to get their boobs out and finding big muscular dudes, uh, like fifty of them. But yeah. you,
0: I don't, I don't know how much money went to um, getting women to take their boobs off. Obviously, they had to pay the actresses. <laughs> I'm not saying they, I'm <laughs> not saying they didn't. But Roger Corman, back in the day, I'm thinking like the Slumber Party Massacre era. So that's like this time uh-huh. period. He used to have this thing where not that he would necessarily underpay actresses but i'm sure he what was that? they could kind of undersell like cuz he would um basically make it a requirement for these types of movies you know something like okay, this yeah. or like a low budget slasher movie that the woman has to be okay with nudity so it's like if they're not you know fuck off we're getting someone who is okay with that kind of thing <laughs> and so i guess he keeps the budget a little low there i don't know oh, maybe no. maybe they splurge a bit for a true playboy playmate celebrity like barbie benton yeah. i don't know yeah but i mean the movie's four hundred fifty-seven thousand dollars estimated according to wikipedia oh wow really? so that's that's about the i'll say this movie looks better than that it looked better it than i was expecting i i had seen this before but it was so long ago not when i was 12 it wasn't that long ago <laughs> but
1: and i've um, remembered it ever since
0: The movie looks bigger than its budget, I think, because this is about the budget of, like, the first Friday the 13th movie. And you look at that movie, and it's, like, that's shot in the woods. It's got, like, no sets or anything. Like, this Mm -hmm. has sets. It has costumes. The costumes are,
1: in the case of the women,
0: very minimal. (laughs) But, you know, you've got monster masks and stuff.
1: Yeah, uh, it's—the music, I think, is—it's a a decent score. I love the score. I love that kind uh, of—like, all the horns— I'm looking
0: up who did the score, and okay, that's why the budget was low. They got to underpay the Argentine people, I'm sure, because it's Oscar Cardozo Ocampo. Yeah, so that guy probably didn't get a whole lot of money, because I'm assuming he's one of the Argentine (laughs) people behind the scenes.
1: Well, getting back to this plot, I guess, Deathstalker saves this witch, and she says, hey, if you want to overthrow Munkar... You need these three items. You need like this magical sword, this magical amulet, mm-hmm. and this uh, magical g- goblet or chalice. And Munkar has the chalice and mm-hmm. the amulet. And I know where the sword is. I'll point you in the right direction. So she sends him off, and that's where we meet. What was the name again? S- uh, Sal- Salam- Salamander? Something yes, <laughs> Salamander. Salmaron. Yeah, Salmaron, yeah. So we, Deathstalker Saruman. goes. <laughs> I know, right? It's kind of weird. Deathstalker goes into this cave and there's like this ogre that he fights, and his little lizard friend throws him the sword, and he yeah he helps him
0: him. he helps him in the fight
1: yeah and then he cures him of his curse and then but then he but
0: then. He's basically, cursed isn't the right word, but he's basically indebted to Deathstalker and has to follow him around everywhere. So it's like he's still almost like under a curse. It's just not as (laughs) transformative of a a curse, but he's still not really, he's not free. He's still kind of going around with Deathstalker. Exactly. Uh, he's, He's got the Jar Jar Binks role where he owes him a life debt.
1: Oh, yeah, I like this guy a little bit more than Jar Jar Binks. Oh, no,
0: no no question. I mean, <laughs> Jar Jar Binks never peeps in on semi-consensual sex, though. That.
1: <laughs> yeah, come on, George Lucas. What was that? The next stop on Deathstalker's journey to overthrow Munkar is at like a, another brigand camp where he swoops in to save another woman from being raped, and and Richard Brooks, whose name is what is it? It's, it's Brooker Br- Sorry, Richard, <laughs> Richard Brooker. Uh, you
0: think of it like Brooker Jagger ends in the ER.
1: There you go. See, I'll never forget it again. But what's the character's name? It's like uh, like O Oris or something or uh...
0: Ogris, O G H. Yeah. R tells... I S.
1: Yeah. And I wanna I
0: wanna correct yeah. you on this scene first of all because this is going to go into what I thought was the biggest problem that this movie had. You're giving him far too much credit in the plot summary here. Deathstalker <laughs> is barely a hero. Yeah. Ogress is trying to save the woman. Deathstalker just kind of shows up, and then he's like, oh, I guess I'll do this, and then like... <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, he just no. shows up and everybody. Yeah, he just... He's, he has no... He's, like, the most amoral, like, hero. He's usually, like, in the, these kinds of high fantasy, like, it's good versus evil that stalker's not even really good he's just no no he's just evil he just exists yeah well like but
1: he also does so many cool things though like in this fight when he swoops in he stabs that guy like like uh, i can't describe like he's he's in front of the guy you know and he stabs him behind himself and then like lifts his sword and cuts right up the guy which oh yeah! Just, and there's like blood splay like from the from the it.
0: nave to the chaps. That's the opening scene of <laughs> Macbeth. There's a line of, uh, describing how Macbeth cuts someone that way.
1: Shakespeare, eat your heart out with this movie.
0: Shakespeare would have been a Deathstalker fan. I, I, I
1: think so. I think so. But uh
0: he no he would have watched this and like wait a second what what is this Why why are there women on stage why am i seeing actual boobs they should be fake boobs because yeah. they should be 13 year old boys playing these women
1: Yeah exactly yeah get them out of here Uh but Richard Brooker, he tells Deathstalker that Munkar is holding a tournament at the castle right and that the winner will inherit the kingdom
0: It's a bit of a Shrek setup where they have the yeah. big tournament to be crowned <laughs> yeah. champion although the champion in this case obviously doesn't get to save Princess Fiona, but they get to become king. We learn soon enough Munkar has no intentions of following through. He's actually, and this is actually kind of clever, his whole plan is mm-hmm. he basically wants all of the mighty warriors of the kingdom to kill the, to kill each other so that no one will be able to fight. Like that's kind of brilliant in yeah, its it simplicity. Is. It is. That's great.
1: It's genuinely brilliant. And I guess before we get to the castle, in between... Uh, from the rape saving and uh, the casting. This is, is when Kyra shows yeah. up, yeah. Yeah.
0: And this is the semi consensual sex with Kyra. Exactly.
1: But they. Kyra, get to-
0: by the way, the best part of the movie, and I'm not saying that because of the assets on display, because of the cleave. Uh, well, this goes beyond that. But yeah, she's like. I would have liked to have seen her as like the lead hero, especially because when we get to the castle and I well, I guess mm-hmm. I'll let you go on because because I'm sure you're going to get to this moment. But go, go ahead.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, we've already kind of touched on what's happening at this castle. There's like a like a like a party, like a banquet. It's a rape party. The night well, before it, it the doesn't tournament.
0: start as one. It doesn't start <laughs> as one until until like the barbie benton issue is settled because at first it's just a banquet it's a gathering well uh, people are banging each other on like
1: on on beanbag chairs and stuff before all that
0: it gets more caligula later on though i guess is my point
1: yeah well so then like death stalker and everybody else is there and munkar comes out and says you know drink up have fun also i want to introduce you to my newest wife and he pulls out barbie benton and chains her in front, like chains her to a wall, sort of in front of everybody, Yeah, like a pillar kind of thing. Yeah, she's he, got
0: like a she's somewhat close. She's got a, like a big, um, like a like uh, a
1: negligee or something.
0: A, yeah, a big um, white, semi-transparent kind of nighty, if you will. Yeah, yeah. And that does not stay on for too long. But I, I do want to point the scene doesn't start with her being completely naked, but we do get there, obviously, because it's Death Stalker. Yeah, that's and what Death Stalker mean... do. <laughs> <laughs> but this well, is the scene I want I want to focus on because there's um he's he, the monkar is like giving her up to yeah. these warriors.
1: Yeah, he's, and, like, he's and, like, have her. Or like, have yeah, and the first guy
0: goes up there. Like, everyone's kind of hesitant at first, but then he goes up there. And then another guy, I think it's, is it, it might be the pig man that kind of, like, yeah. fights him off. And there's, like, a struggle. But it, uh, this is her gown is just stripped of her at some point. So it's, like, a couple people kind of fighting to take her. But then Deathstalker's just sitting there the entire time. And he's yeah, because he like, doesn't care. The, yeah, he doesn't care. And then it's Kyra who's getting up to take action because kyra wants to raise people too (laughs) no no she's gonna save this woman she doesn't want to yeah yeah, she's she's the closest thing we have to a a moral moral, heroic figure we have in this movie because um because uh mick jagger's got some uh kind of sketchy things about him too because he's he kind of i think in this scene i think i don't know but but he doesn't Deathstalker doesn't go up there until Kyra's already up there, and it's like Kyra yeah. probably would have been enough to save this woman. And instead, well, you just want to, like I th- he's going to kidnap her too. I think I don't.
1: I don't think he's actually well, going to help her. The <laughs> weird thing: is, Deathstalker only gets up after after Kyra gets grabbed by somebody else, and it looks That's like she's right. going to yeah. lose All, this fight. And he's already, like, oh, I guess stand up.
0: <laughs> already, fifteen other people have have tried to take action. I mean, Kyra's is the only one who's. Tried to take a positive action, a non-rape action, <laughs> and then finally, Deathstalker has awoken from his amoral slumber and decided, "Oh yeah, maybe I should do something." By there.
1: the way, I love, I this love. This is such he gets a up.
0: terrible hero. He's so hard to root for, and I mean, I, I
1: mean, I don't root for him. Kyra's far better. He is, but he's he's so cool in the sense that like he looks neat and his sword is neat. But and even when like in this scene when he stands up to start taking action. Yeah. He stands up so violently that he f- like flips this table. Oh, I saw that. That looked it. like a mistake. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, because it was like in the in the
0: bottom corner of the frame. I I, I, yeah. I don't think that was supposed to be there. But it either happened way, yet. I loved
1: it.
2: Yeah.
0: But uh, yeah. So he but you say up there. you say he looked cool. I am going to push back on that. I I'm, I'm not saying he doesn't look cool. He's got the whole shirtless barbarian thing. You know, that's, that's yeah. a look that's worked well for. A lot of people, you know, be they Arnold or Richard Brooker or whoever, like that aspect looks cool. He's got he's got a sword, he's got a little bit of a like a loincloth kind of thing. Yes, yeah, something but like that. The actor. What's his name? Rich Rich Hill? Rick Hill? Rick Hill. Rick Hill. This guy sucks. He's so <laughs> bad the character <laughs> sucks. Yeah. The character is a bad character. He's a hero. You do not want to root for and you can maybe get around that with a charismatic performance, but Rick Hill just ain't it. He's, 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 not only is he the worst character on screen, he is the worst actor on screen. Like Richard Brooker is a lot more entertaining.
1: Yeah, than he would have been I mean, better in this role. At, Richard in, Brooker? In the role as, as the main character.
0: Yeah, maybe. I don't know.
1: Well, because he's kind of like charming or charismatic or something. I don't yeah. know
0: if I want to see Jason turn hero though you know no but except for freddy versus jason maybe i'm okay with that well this
1: movie is a lot like uh was it part three where jason becomes a rapist was that was that part three jason
0: starts that movie a rapist and you see it in a flashback but
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly yeah uh but uh i mean maybe he just maybe they were working on the movies at the same time you know and he was getting confused (laughs) between between sets but death stalker Cuts, uh, Princess. What was her name? Co. Kodeel, is that it? And oh, it was, I don't remember. Cuts the princess free, and starts to kind of walk away with her. And munkar goes, "Oh, you can't take her. I'll send her to your room later, though." And then yeah, I would have
0: I would have been a little suspicious of that of that whole like this sounds too good to be true coming from this king <laughs> who's giving yeah. me his wife. But Death Stalker, I guess he figures it out. But Death Stalker. No real reason to believe he's competent or intelligent or moral, <laughs> really. I mean, it's yeah. just just like the, the three things I want out of a out of a hero in an adventure film competent, moral, intelligent. none of them yeah, it's, no- <laughs> it's just one, two, three, three strikes he's out yeah, yeah, sword, yeah,
1: sword and muscles. that's it.
0: that's really all he he's got. yeah, I'm okay well, with that in like Roadhouse, yeah, where Roadhouse is just like a movie about how all problems on earth can be solved through violence. But like Deathstalker <laughs> with with the um the fantasy setting, I think I think you need a more archetypal hero kind of thing. I I don't know.
1: Yeah, or somebody like uh, like a like an Aragorn. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Someone actually- who's who's got maybe a bit of an arc or or he's 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 kind of not lived up to his potential. Mm-hmm. And and now he decides to embrace his, his um, destiny. Or you could just go super simple and it would have worked better. You could have gone Kyra fighting for, you know, women are horribly treated by this king. And we were going mm-hmm. to reverse that because that's a theme in this movie. Because, you know, Barbie Benton, we see her. She's <laughs> like held in captivity with these like five with or six like, other women. Are oh, they no, all wives, With like
1: two? 50 other women. I who, thought who well, all the, scene, of the
0: scene where they deliver him food, though, it's like seven or eight.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, there is like this big harem room where okay. like all these women are lounging around on beanbag chairs and pools naked in probably what is, what is I assume freezing water on this set. <laughs> yeah, like he's got this huge harem of women because you see them later when little cursed lizard man slides like, down a hole and into the room with all these women. Oh, they, that's right. The yes, yes, that's right. But that was
0: kind of a funny moment because I can't remember his line, but he was something, it was something like, oh, my God, this is the best thing to ever happen to yeah. me or something like that because <laughs> yeah.
1: it was kind of funny. Yeah. So we get, as you already mentioned, the uh, the evil plan where uh, Munkar isn't going to give his kingdom to anybody. He's just going to wait until there's only one hero left or one person left standing and then kill them so he doesn't have one, to
0: – Yeah, just murder the champion.
1: Yeah. And – He's going to start with Deathstalker cuz he realizes is going to pose a threat. So he turns his like right-hand man into the princess. From yep. man to woman and he sends him to Deathstalker's room to stab him. But the plan kind of backfires because as soon as he gets there, Deathstalker starts trying to rape him. And mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and, I mean And then Deathstalker's got her on this bed and Them. Yeah, them it's on this. Use bed. the proper pronouns <laughs> oh, here. Oh yeah, like your proper pronouns, death and stalker, and yeah. uh, <laughs> but he's got them. He's got them on this bed, and he realizes, oh wait a minute, you might have a penis, because <laughs> I think I think the transformation only lasts a certain amount of time, right? And. It's It's like the polyjuice pose,
0: potion in Harry Potter, right? Exactly where their faces yeah. start to turn back. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So Deathstalker's like, get the hell out! Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't like men.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, he's yeah. It's, it's okay. Yeah, it's it's weird, and and you kind of knew it was going in this direction because in the scene where he's transforming him, there's kind of a. Um, A focus on the sex organs, I guess, for lack of a better term. Because I think he's... I don't think you really see the boobs grow, but I feel like he's feeling around there. and he's grabbing his chest. Implying that they're growing. And then I think he he grabs by his groin and he goes, oh no, it's gone or something. And it's like, in a scene like that, I, I don't want them to focus on... Like, I know that would be a part of it and that would probably be the main part of if you were to just switch genders just like due to mm-hmm. a, a spell being put on you or whatever you that would probably like the first thing that <laughs> you check but it's like i don't yeah. need that in a movie though yeah
1: yeah well especially but in then, a already <laughs> so full of
0: yeah, exactly and then and then, and, and then it becomes the the key reason why <laughs> why this plan doesn't work i guess so they kind of set it up i guess yeah. is what i'm saying Well,
1: listen i'll give it to them but tragically though just like Deathstalker, yeah <laughs>
0: Actually, no, not like Deathstalker again because you said them. We're using the proper pronoun. Yeah, Deathstalker oh, did not give it to them. Excuse gives me. Gives
1: it to hers.
0: Well, it's a, it's a her and a him. That's why I. That's why I chose them. I, you that's know. good.
1: That's, that's 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 you're right. That's politically correct. That's politically in correct. in
0: this moment, that person was non-binary, I suppose. But in this moment, I don't. know.
1: A literal her, uh, hermaphrodite, I guess.
0: I guess. Oh, actually, no, not not. No, no, you're right. Because so they much. would have.
1: Both. no they would
0: be a, a literal transgender because they, yeah. they if they have a female body but he's like no, no no I am a he because he remembers who he was five minutes ago I guess they, <laughs> I guess he's just a transgender who I just was
1: five minutes ago right isn't yeah. that just how that yeah, yeah, I mean yeah. listen yeah.
0: Th- these are the questions that death stalker raises yeah he, um, he, it's, it's, it's about very this on and topic about the
1: for this it's about century.
0: this and it's about the extent of um consent as we were kind of talking about earlier like when when, <laughs> when um when yeah, this is just a fascinating film in 2022. Let's just—it um,
1: has not aged well, unfortunately. Though- I mean,
0: it's 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 a Roger Corman tit filled low budget sword and sorcery. <laughs> of course, it hasn't aged well. Like we have to say that, no,
1: but it's great though. Uh, getting back to the movie, unfortunately, we get a sad death, an undeserved death, an unfortunate death here, because what's your name again? K- Kara. Kyra. Kyra. Ky- Kyra I Knightley. Yeah, she. Kyra
0: uh, Knightley. Oh, shut up. Just kidding. Kyra Knightley is Jack. a lot flatter than that.
1: Chuck. <laughs> she runs into the fake princess outside of Deathstalker's room, and she starts sort of trying to smuggle her out of the castle. Mm-hmm. And the and them turns and just stabs her. Yeah, and, uh, unceremoniously. Yeah, and then he he's or she's them switches back to a he, and they fight it out, and I forget what happens. Does death's no? Does Deathstalker come out and kill the fella? I don't remember. probably. Anyways, I don't remember. Doesn't matter. But again, this I, dies, I don't like. I
0: don't like this. The the basically the only good character you were pu- like, punishing the only person character. with a moral conscience yeah. in this yeah. movie this what is this an Eli Roth movie where <laughs> we have to stick around with our least likable characters
1: i know <laughs> that's exactly it yeah but yeah so unfortunately she she dies and right before the big tournament the next day the tournament comes and there's really not much to say here there's just like like a like a montage of lots of different people fighting sure and then it's revealed that I think it's Deathstalker and Richard Brooker are the only two people. No, Richard Brooker and the Pigman are the only three people. Yeah, Pigman. Pigman fights or whatever. Pigman
0: fight scene. Yeah, and who we know the Pigman is strong because there's a scene earlier where he was fighting a guy. This is at the at uh, the rape party. He was fighting a guy <laughs> and he punched him. And he punched him so hard that the guy wasn't really affected by it, but he hurt his hand. So some drunk guy is walking by and he just grabs him and rips off his arm and then starts hitting the guy (laughs) with the arm. And it's like, okay, (laughs) pig guy is pretty strong. We know that.
1: Pig guy is OP, as the young kids would say. But we have we have another unfortunate turn of events here because it turns out that Richard Brooker is actually a bad guy. He led Deathstalker to Munkar's castle. It was all part of a plan.
0: There was a um, scene earlier that kind of explained that, wasn't there?
1: No, this is that. Because he had scene. like an
0: oh, I th- okay. I th-
1: yeah. So then, because then Munkar says, "Well, I need you to kill Deathstalker." Yeah. Because- okay. I
0: thought we were talking about the fight scene. Okay. I, I, I sorry. Oh, yeah. sorry. Uh,
1: he goes upstairs and confronts Deathstalker and. It's kind of like a lackluster fist fight, where Deathstalker ends it by snapping Richard Brooker's neck, and that's that. <laughs> so, the next day, it's it's Opie Pigman and uh, Deathstalker, and again, it's kind of sad because the the fight here is really lackluster. Like I wish there was. Yeah, hey, I agree. You wanted uh,
0: more from this.
1: Yeah, it was. It lasted for maybe like five minutes, three minutes. But it was just lots of, like... Not that exciting. Holding each other.
0: (laughs) And I'm sure that's the limitations of the guys in a big, bulky pig mask. I mean, it's not like a full costume, but the mask, I'm sure, is cumbersome.
1: Yeah, it's like a human body with a pig head. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. So Deathstalker kills him and immediately heads inside the castle to find the amulet, which he finds pretty quickly he kills the guy guarding it now all he needs is the chalice and uh, he confronts munkar uh who is holding the chalice because it's like this magical chalice thing and again so underwhelming there's like some funny like little magic-y stuff going on where like munkar makes his sword too heavy to swing and he
0: starts he, doing card tricks and, <laughs> and that stuff.
1: yeah mind freak but Deathstalker ends the fight by literally just walking up to Munkar and picking, like, and just taking the chalice out of his hands, <laughs> and then throwing Munkar into a crowd of like angry people where they tear him apart. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, another underdeveloped thing. I understand Munkar is the villain. He's like a dictator, an evil king. Could have established a bit more of a background of of the of the commoners of the peasants kind of being um like oppressed, oppressed yeah. where they really had it against him You could have had like Death Stalker in his journey to get there kind of meets some peasants and, and he hears about how evil Munkar is and how much they all hate him. Like he could have done something with that, but I, I agree then you end up make you run you run the risk of making Death Stalker a moral character then if yeah. he wants to overthrow <laughs> a dictator, so I guess they couldn't <laughs> do that.
1: Of course, no of course. But uh yeah, so Death has all three of these things. And he just decides to, like, he doesn't want the kingdom, but he's like, I'm just going to destroy these things because no one man should be this powerful. So we end on a shot. Just like of, Kanye West. Yeah. No one <laughs> yeah, man just should, like should Kanye have all West. that power. But yeah, so Deathstalker destroys these things. And that's it. That's the, that's the end of this awesome sword and sorcery movie. So
0: Patrick. 25%. <laughs> of the way through the death stalker series
1: yeah i know that's, that's insane so patrick what'd you think of death stalker
0: <laughs> it kind of sucks you take I don't that like back. it get the hell out of here no 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 i'm not no this this movie kind
1: of sucks what
0: bad i don't like it
1: <laughs> what it's such an awesome movie no
0: it's not it it's is. not i cannot get over
1: i'm how shocked
0: boring rick hill is he sinks the movie
1: who cares? He's doing cool things with swords and tips like everywhere. A,
0: okay. Yeah. He's doing one cool. There's, there's, there's tips everywhere man. and screwballs and we hated that. Okay. Yeah. But screwballs sucked. Exactly. That's what this, this is a, <laughs> a little bit better than screwballs. Maybe, maybe no. a lot better, but still No, not good. it's,
1: it's a lot better. It's a lot better. It's a
0: lot better than screwballs. It, it is. Would... It's better. This is. A number of steps up from Spookies. I'll give you that.
1: Okay, yeah, but I still like Spookies too. But no, oh my God, see, <laughs> no, 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 no. But here's the thing with Spookies. I only like Spookies because of the Cat Man, who's like, <laughs> I know you can see me, who's like walking around like this the whole time.
0: Okay, you yeah, know? the the wear Cat. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay, but uh, so the werepuss. Spookies aside, Death Stalker, the hero is mm-hmm. so awful. The actor, the character, he's terrible. I think the movie wastes. <laughs> <laughs> Kyra, i think she really yeah. could have been a much more integral part of the story she should have been because they waste she was her like
1: her husband did
0: yeah little, yeah that's true um i mean like barbie benson just damsel in distress whatever but Kyra had like a little bit of a character there was something there they could have yeah. done yeah. something with that and they they asked themselves should we do anything with this character and they said no we shouldn't let's kill her <laughs> I agree that the movies, I mean, it's watchable. It looks, like I was saying, it looks better than I would expect it to. It looks like a professional production, I guess, you know. There's reasonably good work in the sets and the costumes and the John Carl Beekler monster puppets, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. monster effects, monster masks. But, yeah, it's just, it's it's really... Stalker, the character, <laughs> sucks so much, and Rick Hill sucks so much. There's a reason. There's a reason none of the Deathstalker sequels stuck with this actor.
1: Yeah. I'm just saying yeah. that. Well, yeah, he's not a great actor, but he looks cool. He does cool things you keep saying that i don't think i agree All that the he sword looks cool stuff is fun like the sword stuff looks a little sloppy but it's cool you know what i mean yeah but
0: but but you say that that's you could get that with from any actor though richard Gere could handle a sword better than this guy probably, probably. i don't know I'm, uh, yeah, just throwing I, a I name guess, out there I assume you could. john yeah. malkovich maybe Ugh. give me a john malkovich death stalker lead
1: <laughs> he's too bald for that uh, like, you know, this
0: guy looks like this guy's wearing a wig to begin yeah, with. This no, guy might like, have been He evolved. looks kind of like He Man. Kind of looks like a wig. You know? Yeah, he does have a He Man look to him.
1: I think. I think. Honestly, oh, or a
0: John Mickle Thor. Basically, any yes. long haired, ripped, blonde guy looks like <laughs> He Man, I guess, really. <laughs> yeah.
1: Look, I'll be honest. I love this movie. I think, like, you're right about Rick Hill. He's lazy and terrible. When it comes to the actual movie itself. I think a lot of the acting is subpar, and by a lot, I mean most of, if not all of it. And Mostly
0: just him. I don't mind anyone else that much. Yeah, I
1: mean, in the movie. well, like, they're all serviceable. The one actual genuine complaint I have about this movie is that it just skips from scene to scene. Like, there's no, like, there's almost like no transition. You know what I mean? <laughs> like,. Death stalker it saves skips
0: from rape to rape. Yeah, yeah, basically. yeah, exactly. Yeah it, skips, it, yeah, it skips it skips from a few from rape things rape. in between various rape scenes is what this movie is. Um <laughs>
1: <laughs> Well, no, I mean, you know, even at the beginning when he saves that old witch and then it immediately skips Yeah, to the early on early on yeah. was
0: weird. It's like the the witch it feels like they just kind of breeze through that early, I guess you could say first act or whatever. that kind of
1: Well, then well, then even after that, it it cuts from him and uh, lizard Man leaving the cave to them showing up. Why did you, you keep going
0: with lizard? Do I lizards wish... wear hoods? I don't
1: know. It's... I bet there's a hooded gecko. <sighs> no, you know? they're
0: bearded. They're bearded lizards. Bearded, they're not bearded hooded. dragon. There's a bearded pig in this movie. Bearded pig man.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, yeah, all the all the just like jump cuts from situation to situation was a little ridiculous. But uh, for me, that adds to the. <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this. That adds to the charm of this movie for me. I, I love it. I think so this much. movie
0: does not have many charms. i Am not going to say it has no charm? This is not a completely reprehensible, irredeemable <laughs> movie. There's some good stuff here. There's well, some where good would you, stuff.
1: Where would you? like out of all the really crappy, crap, crap movies we've seen? Oh, well, I mean, not, and by crappy I mean like all the B movies. So like most of our podcast. Where would you rank it? Well, would you rank it like like middling or? Bottom, i mean it's uh,
0: like uh, you know if, if you're asking me which of these movies would you rather rewatch? like i would rather watch death stalker again over spookies over screwballs. screwballs over it's right around picasso trigger it's probably probably i, I think i would enjoy picasso trigger more how dare this, you uh, another time how than now? this
1: oh <laughs> so very dare you patrick Listen, I see you shaking your. <laughs> it's it's An- your Andy
0: Sadara's, man. <laughs> the man did not waste attractive actresses the way they do with with uh, Lana Clarkson and <laughs> yeah. and Phil Spector. Yeah, it was, did yeah. In,
1: <laughs> oh, Poor lady. Yeah, I think this is fantastic. I think it's great. I would put it even above Slave Girls from Beyond Infinity, though I did okay. enjoy that a Listen, lot.
0: Listen, I I enjoy Slave Girls from Beyond Infinity. I am by no means. If I have no problem if someone says it's terrible and it's one of the worst movies, I I, um, I can't argue with that. I'm like <laughs> yeah. you, you're not yeah. wrong. I just happen to kind of like it, so yeah. So I enjoy Slave Girls a lot more than this, but like it's it's a worse movie in terms of the production quality, just the budget, the money that went into it.
1: But like, what about stuff like the Mars? What was the Mars movie we watched? It was uh, uh oh Robin- Robinson- oh Robinson Grusel Crusoe on is Mars. way better than this. Did you take that? way how? better how?
0: Way better. Ugh. It's a it's a good movie. It's just a little boring. Yeah, it it's a genuinely go, a good, good movie. movie. Though. So
1: is Deathstalker. No, it's
0: not. <laughs> okay. Anyways, so Jim, I'm assuming you're picking Deathstalker as 100%. your favorite of the two.
1: One hundred percent. Okay. I know which one you're picking.
0: Yeah, I'm picking the good one. I'm <laughs> picking the film that has gone down in history as one of Elvis Presley's signature roles. One of Anne Margaret. Perhaps <laughs> Anne Margaret's signature film you know i mean i know she did tommy she's up for oscars at some point in her career i know for tommy i think for even other things maybe like carnal knowledge i think with jack nicholson i think she's in that she yeah, she had a big career but um she's still around i think she's still alive by the way I think. who uh and margaret Anne margaret yeah. yeah she is yeah yeah okay good for her uh she's i mean she's a little younger than elvis so that's not too shocking i guess but yeah viva las vegas i like it a lot more than death stalker it's less rapey <laughs> it's um more fun the i don't have as many problems with the protagonist
1: okay, as i yeah. did with dust talker but you know how, but th- i guess the big question is though patrick how would these two work as a double feature
0: i'm not feeling it i'm just not <laughs> and, it just and, it know,
1: doesn't that, work like it's it's like i
0: don't know it's go from like happy, charming, you know, a movie that puts a smile on your face, like Viva Las Vegas, what I was saying. It's just like this fun musical comedy. It's not like hilarious, but it's you know, it's a lighthearted musical romp. It's
1: lighthearted romp.
0: And then we go into like we get rape in the first scene and then it's just <laughs> like yeah, I just don't see it. I I uh Yeah yeah. I know there are playful aspects to Death Stalker, but to me they're kinda of overshadowed by the overall sleazy darkness of the other aspects Aww. of the film, I guess. And and, <laughs> and Viva Las Vegas is all high, um, feel good kind of stuff. And, and yeah, I just, it, they don't work for me. Jim, what about you?
1: Well, you know, obviously I'm going to agree with you on this one. But it's funny because, you know, I was thinking about it. We have a lot of things that connect these, <laughs> these Phil Spector being the big Phil one. Phil Spector, okay. Uh, we have two main characters searching for a chalice whether it be elvis presley winning a a racing uh trophy oh okay sure or you know Deathstalker, uh getting munkar's chalice we have yeah. v- vaguely kind of not rapey stuff with elvis and uh and the count whatever his name was uh but kind elvis of like, does not rape the count in, in that <laughs> film i, no, yeah, you know I don't what I'm know what saying. you're know what I'm talking what I'm about. you know what i'm saying they're like checking at all these showgirls they're like when, he, when he, we first meet ann margaret elvis pretends that her car is yeah to have to be in the shop for two days it's a little you know?
0: little manipulation there
1: yeah so i mean we go from like minor manipulation to f- full, full frontal f- full frontal manipulation
0: yeah full full, full don't say minute mani- it's no longer <laughs> manipulation. it's just rape <laughs> at that point um
1: but, you know, like uh, yeah, I don't know. We have two amazing, awesome, attractive main actors. <laughs> Three,
0: really. I mean, because Barbie Benton versus Kyra versus Anne yeah. Margaret. I mean, they're all very attractive.
1: But, yeah. No, I I agree with you. They don't work, but I do love Death Stalker.
0: <laughs> well, that's embarrassing. Um, oh, okay, <laughs> Jim. Yeah. We are nearing the end of season two, but we've got a few more episodes still. And so join us next week, folks, as we discuss John Wick from 2014. This is the Keanu Reeves uh, modern classic, as well as what I think may very well be the greatest B-movie exploitation movie of all time.
1: Deathstalker (laughs) 2.
0: That's a good one. That's better than Deathstalker, but it's not that. It's Pieces from 1982- the film that's well known for its slogan of it's exactly what you think it is <laughs> it's well known as yeah. another another christopher george film him returning from we talked about him with enter the ninja and with grizzly mm-hmm. it's got a bruce Playtation actor i don't know if it's bruce lee or bruce lai or bruce <laughs> someone else but it's it's a movie that kind of throws everything at you a pieces all time classic b movie and I'm looking forward to John Wick as well. I've only yeah. seen that movie once. So Yeah. Both good
1: movies. John Wick I love.
0: Anyways, if you continue to listen to us, that's what you'll be hearing next week. Be sure to rate us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to us. Follow us on Twitter, at Podcast. Check out our Patreon for commentary tracks. We plugged the Once Upon a Time in America one today. That's... um. As well as I mentioned... Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That's what I said. Yeah, Once Upon a Time in America is a different movie. It's better. So it's Once Upon <laughs> a Time in the West. That's a better movie than Once Upon <laughs> a Time in Hollywood as well. But yeah, and the... Um, uh, Once Upon a Time in the Projects is an Ice Cube song, of course. I don't know. There's a lot of Once Upon a Times out there. But yeah, patreon.com slash revenge of the drive-in. Follow us on Instagram at... Um, and gets revenge of the drive-in as well. I don't, I don't, I haven't done that much with the Instagram recently. But, <laughs> anyways, check us out, and we hope you'll join us again next week.
1: Thanks for listening. Bye for now.